Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Reflecting on the thought that God wants us to raise our level of expectation for this year as well. Amen. You might have had an awesome 2019. So glad if you did. That's great. But I believe that even greater things are ahead of us just yet. Amen. You might have had a good year last year, but I believe that this year has the opportunity to be the most amazing year. And with a new year, the thought is this, there are new opportunities for growth. Amen. Everyone say growth. Amen. God wants us to continue to grow. And I want to share just a verse of Scripture this morning that's pretty much just the, uh, the basis of what we'll be sharing with this morning about prayer. It's in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Uh, And before I do, I will pray. Heavenly Father, I ask you this morning, thank you for every person that's made the choice to come uh, and to be here this morning. But Lord, we we just pray, Lord, as I share some thoughts from your word, Lord, as always, the great Holy Spirit is here speaking to people, um, illuminating their minds and their souls and their spirits about revelation knowledge. So we just pray that today as we dive into this New series drawing near. Everybody said amen. Luke chapter 11 verse 1 says this. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples uh, as well to pray. You know, uh, think about that verse there. The disciples come to Jesus and they don't say, teach us how to raise the dead. They don't say, teach us how to heal the sick. They don't uh, tell, uh, uh, say, teach us how to multiply the fishes and loaves. The one thing that they ask of Jesus is to teach them how to pray. And I believe that that's such a powerful thought there for us. As I said before, we might have a great prayer life and we might have a a time of daily connecting with God. But I believe that over the next four weeks, God wants to challenge us to go further and to go deeper into Him. Amen. And before we get to the, to the why this morning, why the disciples asked them to teach, uh, for Jesus to teach them how to pray, I want to look at God's desire for us to know Him. Amen? We have a Father in heaven that so desires that we would know Him and know Him intimately. In fact, there's a few scriptures here that I want to read to you this morning. There's quite a number this morning that highlight God's heart for us to come into His presence. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, it says this, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Amen. Where are you? Then in Exodus chapter 30, verse 6, it says this, And you shall put it before the veil that is before the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony, where I will meet with you. I will meet with you, Exodus chapter 30, verse 6. And then in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, Jesus speaking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him and he be with me. From these three scriptures, these are the three takeaways we get. Number one, we serve a God who is looking out for us. We serve a God who is wanting to meet with us. And we serve a God who's longing to fellowship with us. This is the incredible thing about Christianity is that we serve a God who is alive, amen. 
We serve a God who wants us to know Him and to have an intimate relationship with Him. God wants us to understand that He is a Father in heaven that loves us so dearly, but He wants us to understand the power of what it means to come into His presence through prayer. Amen. Well, our faith is not a philosophy. It's not a religious system. It's not about studying some ancient text or performing some ritual. Our faith is alive and living, and God wants us to experience His presence on a daily basis basis amen whoops pulpit just moved there we go you awake this morning we serve a god who is alive and real christianity is so special because it's all about a living god who wants to have a relationship with his creation god's looking out for us he's wanting to meet with us and he's longing for us to fellowship with us but the thought is this this morning it takes two people to fellowship Two people. And the question this morning is this. Do you desire to fellowship with God? Do you desire to connect with God? I think one of the biggest traps of our faith today, I haven't got a phone up here today, but if I was to bring out my smartphone, I believe that these, this new technology sucks so much of our time today. We're so absorbed, we're so consumed by what's happening from the next news reel, from the next post on Facebook, from the next text on Instagram, whatever it might be. We are so consumed. But I believe that God wants to really challenge our hearts about, about the priority of our time and taking the time in 2020 to really press into the presence of God and get to know Him through prayer. Because again, God wants us to fellowship with Him, but the truth is it takes two to fellowship. Before we go any further, well done, Alison Jessup, this morning, honey. That was beautiful. Thank you, Tomas. Awesome. You're a natural in the making, amen? Love the passion, and uh, what a beautiful woman of God you are. You're a, you're a wog, amen? A woman of God. I love it. And Tony's a mog. He's a man of God. Love it. God's looking out for us, wanting to meet with us, and longing for us to fellowship with us. You know, I think about Paul, the Apostle Paul. Paul had achieved so much with his life. If you look at the writings of the, uh, the New Testament, he wrote the majority of the epistles, the small letters to the church. He was incredible. He was a Rhodes Scholar. He would have been one of the great thinkers of our time today. But we, when we read about Paul... Paul desired more than anything else to have a greater knowledge of God. Paul achieved so much and yet there was still a desire within him to know more about God, to have a deeper understanding and a deeper relationship and a more intimate relationship with God. In fact, we pick it up in Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 to 9, and it says this of Paul. He's reflecting on some of his achievements. Amen. Many of us in this building, all of us are great achievers, amen? And Paul's reflecting on his achievements, and then he makes a statement that I want us to hone in on this morning. He said, yet I could have confidence in myself, if anyone could. That's pretty bold, isn't it? If others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. For I was circumcised when I was eight days old, having been born into the pure-blooded Jewish family that is a branch of the tribe of Benjamin. So I'm a real Jew, if ever there was one. Wow. What's more, I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the law and zealous. 
Yes, in fact, I harshly persecuted the church and I obeyed the Jewish law so carefully that I never accused of any fault. I once thought all these things were so very important, but now I consider them all worthless because because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless compared to the priceless gain of knowing who? Knowing Christ. Paul's saying there that everything is worthless compared to having an intimate and growing relationship with Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, I've discarded everything else, counting it all garbage, that I might have Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own goodness and my own ability to obey God's law, but I trust Christ to save me. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I love it. Paul's supreme motivation for life was knowing Jesus. In fact, he said, all of the things that I have achieved, all the great stuff, all the uh, uh, things of merit, all the things of, of accord, all the great stuff that I've achieved in my life, all of it's good, but all of it's garbage compared to knowing Jesus and knowing him more intimately. Hallelujah. Look at the person next to you and just tell them there's more. There is more. More for us to experience. So his supreme motivation for life was knowing Jesus more. Very interesting this morning before we just start to, I don't know what. But the word know in the Greek, it says there to know him. The word know in the Greek means to perceive in an experiential way. To perceive in an experiential way. Paul wanted to know God with a heart knowledge, not in a head way. Knowing God with our heads, that's okay, but it can become dry, intellectual, and boring. Knowing God with our hearts, I believe, gives us a life-giving experience. Amen. And Paul was saying his great desire above all else is to have an encounter, a daily encounter with Jesus because everything else in his life was counted as garbage compared to the knowledge of having a deeper and ongoing relationship with Jesus. I believe this church, God wants us to have a daily encounter with him. Just as the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. So this morning, I want us to look at a few reasons why you and I need to have daily encounters with God. First thought is this, number one, you and I were created to experience God. The Bible says we've been created in the image of God. Woo! Awesome! You are uniquely designed to have fellowship with God. You're a spirit who has a soul and lives in a body. And there's something within every person who wants to know God in some way. In fact, Moses in the Old Testament was a man who really desired to know God as well. Exodus chapter 33, uh, 12 to 14, will be up on the screen. Moses speaking about his desire to see God, to, to know God in a greater way. It says, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know who you will send with me. Yet you have said, I have known you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Therefore now I pray, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your way that I might know you and I might find grace in your sight. That word there, know, is the same one as in the Greek. To know God in a real way, in an intimate way, a heart-to-heart experience where we connect with God in such a powerful and such a profound way that it changes our lives. Amen. 
But we said last Sunday, is everyone good? Last Sunday morning, we just talked about 11 years ago in coming to Shell Harbor, that God gave us a word that God was going to pour out His Spirit. There was going to be a move of God, a revival, an awakening, call it whatever you like, that God was going to pour out His Spirit in this place, in this church, and it was going to become like a hub to the Illawarra. And I said last Sunday morning that hasn't happened yet, but I'm still believing God that in the future it's going to happen. Amen? It's going to happen. I don't know about each of us this morning, and I don't want to sound mystical, and if you think I'm sounding a bit mystical, I'm only talking out of my own experiences, but you know, I believe that there is so much more for us to experience in God. I've been in times, I remember back in 1994 it was, there was an outbreak of the Spirit of God. There was a guy named uh, Rodney Howard Brown, and everyone would have possibly a different opinion of him, but God used him so powerfully. Um, some people would remember it was the laughing anointing. So Christians were getting drunk in the Spirit. Amen. I so want to get wasted. But I remember then being at the time there, there was a, uh, our national president who was, uh, who was um, in New Zealand. There was an outbreak of the Spirit of God. There was an outpouring in New Zealand. Our national president went to New Zealand. He then flew back to Australia within about five-day five period. And at the Bible College where we were, it was the top of the uh, Christian Heritage College at Mansfield there. Neil came um, for, for one night's meeting, and I mean, I have never experienced the presence of God like it. There's a scripture in Second, uh, First Chronicles chapter, uh, chapter 4, chapter 6, that talks about, we looked at it last week, where, where as they dedicated the tabernacle, the glory of God was so thick and so heavy that the Bible says that the priests weren't able to operate or to be able to serve God because the presence of God was so thick. The glory of God was so thick. You might think I'm mystical this morning. I don't care. You know, the man, the man, with, the, the man with knowledge is never at the uh, sake of the man with the experience. Amen. <laughs> now, remember God just coming and for weeks and for weeks, it must have been for six months, Pastors were flying in all over Australia. It was like some sort of virus. That's the best way I could describe it. Because they would come in, they would fly from uh, different parts of Australia, they would come in, uh, they would get prayed for, they'd typically get uh, slayed in the spirit. That's when God comes upon you and you're overwhelmed by his presence. You just you can't stand anymore. And they would, they would um, spend a, a day or two there. But then the most amazing thing is they would go back to their locations, back to their churches, and the same thing would take place there. You're thinking you're weird. Yep, absolutely. I remember at one point there, we were asked, the Bible college students were asked, and, and I love this, they were, we were asked if we could go down and minister to the teacher's cohort. And so we, we gladly did. And there was about 10 of us that went down. And at this time, as I said, the, the, the Bible college was at the top of the hill. The church was down at the bottom of the hill. And I remember going down for a meeting there with the, with the teachers, the, the, the student teachers, and honestly, I have, I have been in some meetings, but that, I can, can still not forget that meeting there. I mean, I, heaven fall, uh, love, joy, and peace in God, 
you know, we, we, we often use those as words, but they're statements and attitudes of the heart and our lives. Amen? And my, our heart is that God, I don't know when and where and how, but Father, in Jesus' name, pour out your Spirit upon us in ways like we've never seen before. Hallelujah. Like we've never seen before. And I believe that that's going to come as a result of us desiring to know God more by drawing nearer to Him. Amen. As each of us gets hungry hearts, as each of us stirs our hunger for God, the more of God we're going to experience. Amen. It starts with me, but then it goes through our whole church. Amen. I believe that our greatest days are ahead. Thank God for all the good stuff that he's doing. Thank God for the the buildings that are going on and the renovations that are going on and the new things that are happening and all that stuff's wonderful. But God, pour out your spirit in this place like we've never seen before. God is real. Is he not? We just read three scriptures from... The Bible there that talks about God's desire for us to experience it. We've just touched on the thought that we were created to experience God. Paul speaks about the love, the joy, and the peace of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. So Moses, as we look there, wanted to have an encounter with God. Joshua longed to have an encounter with God. David had a heart for God. There were so many time and time again that had such a desire to fill their lives with the presence of God. And the truth is there's a void within each of us and we will either fill that void with the presence of God or we will fill that void with the passions of the world. It's quiet up here on my own. true for every believer we'll either fill that void with the presence of God or we'll fill that void with the passions of the world there's no in between there's no you know it's either one or the other so the first thing is we we must understand that we were made to experience the presence of God. The second thing that we need to understand about the, the power of drawing closer to God is that when we have daily encounters with God, God strengthens us. Amen? God strengthens us as we draw closer to Him, as we have that time to connect with Him in prayer. Luke chapter 5, verse 16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for a barbecue. Jesus loved doing barbies. He often withdrew to the wilderness to have a Netflix night. Oh, now you're really cutting it. He often withdrew to... uh, Well, he drew to the wilderness and spent the night in prayer. He often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer, the Bible says. At his greatest time of need, we see Jesus drew his strength from above, amen. In Luke chapter 22, 41 to 42... It says, he walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering from me, yet I want your will, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. The way to draw strength for everyday living is by having a daily time with God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why in February, we're launching a church-wide daily devotion. One chapter of the Bible a day. 
and then a little encouragement about how to pray through the chapter that you're reading. Amen. That's going to be available for our church in the last week of January, and we're going to kick it off on February the 1st. Amen. But our whole church, we're going to be putting some pressure on all of us. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you buy your devotion? Have you been reading your devotion? Are you up to chapter 16, whatever the case may be? We're going to create some really godly peer pressure in Shell Harbor Community Church. Some of you get it and others go, what's that mean? Well, someone's hopefully going to be in your world and is going to be asking you the question, how's your Bible reading and your prayer going? Amen. You know, there's so many other great churches around here. You're getting scared. But I encourage you, don't get scared. Come on the journey together, amen. You're going to see transformation. You're going to see change. You're going to see things happen in people's lives. Breakthrough that people are believing God for for so long, amen. So we'll be talking more about that over the coming weeks. So we were made for an encounter with God. When we encounter God's presence daily, He strengthens us. And number three, we'll finish with this this morning. Spiritual encounters change us forever. One touch from heaven, one touch from God can change a person's life and perspective and course of their lives forever. Thank you, John. Amen. And I don't know about you this morning. There are areas in my life that I want to see breakthrough in, greater breakthrough. And I think for each of us, there's probably areas in our lives where we're believing God for greater breakthrough. It's not going to come by more time on our phone. It's not going to come by more time in front of the TV. It's not going to come by more time of hanging out with your mates and all that's okay and good, but it's going to come as we spend more time with Him. Amen. Because spiritual encounters change us. I think of the Apostle Paul, and we read of Paul's experience of God that changed him in Luke chapter 9. Great experience. Paul's walking along. Uh, a light shone from heaven down upon where he was walking. And at that point, Paul's life is turned upside down. He's converted. But pre-conversion, listen to the life of Paul. It says in verse uh, chapter, uh, excuse me, Acts chapter 8, it says, Now Paul was consenting to his death. At that time, a persecution arose against the church, which is at Jerusalem. And they're all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc for the church, entering every house and dragging men off and women off, committing them to prison. That's Acts chapter 8. Bad man. Nasty. Angry. Committed. Zealot, hater of the faith in Acts chapter 8. Then in Acts chapter 9, one encounter from heaven and his whole life is changed. I don't know about you this morning, but it could be one encounter from heaven that'll change your world forever, that'll turn your world upside down, amen. Our God is real and alive and more than able, but the point is this, is are we willing? Because it takes two to fellowship. Hallelujah. If we could just have the band back up this morning, that would be great. And while that's happening this morning as well, could we just have the team to come and share communion as well? Thank you, team. And we're just about... Oh, I'm getting used to this, 10.35. Hallelujah.
Thanks, crew. A couple of thoughts this morning as we conclude. Where does spiritual encounters with God begin? Where do they begin? They begin with desire. Remember, God wants to fellowship with you, but it takes two people to fellowship. So spiritual encounters with God require us to desire more of Him. The Bible says in James, if we draw near to God, He will draw near to us. Who in that scenario is doing the first movement? Come on, get that if you don't get anything else this morning. If you draw near to God, He will what? He will draw near to you. But we have to take the first initiative in drawing near to God. Last year we looked at a few chapters, and one chapter in particular out of the book of Revelation, chapter 3. And it's Jesus coming and rebuking the church because the church had become cold of heart the one thing that he had against them what was it hello what was the one thing that he had against them the most major thing that they had lost their first love he goes on to say therefore remember from where you lost it and return to that place I believe that that's a place of being passionately in love with God Taking the time to go and seek God. Taking the time to prioritize our lives to meet with Him. And in Revelations chapter 3, verse 20, many evangelists use this scripture for evangelism, and I, it's okay, I guess. It says, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If anyone opens, I will come and dine with them. I will come and sup with them. I will come and fellowship with them in the context of that chapter verse 3 it's speaking to the church Jesus is coming to the church and he's knocking on the, the heart of the church he's knocking on our hearts this morning and he's saying if anyone will open up their hearts have an open heart to me I will come and fellowship with you The church was backslidden. They were still meeting. They were still doing church. They were still doing all of those things. They were like church. But Jesus said, you'd lost the most important thing, your first love for me. I believe that this year God's calling many of us back to that place. Intimate. Passionate. 
real. Amen? So I conclude this morning. How is your prayer life? Is it from the head or is it from the heart? My prayer for all of us as a church is that we would just receive a fresh revelation of the love of God for us and His desire for us to know Him in real and more meaningful ways. Amen. Because the more filled we get with the love of God, the more we affect the world in which we live. Amen? Thank you. Let's just pray this morning. Father, we just thank you today that you so loved the world that you gave your only Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus died so that we could encounter the love of our Father in heaven. Jesus gave his life so that we could experience life. And Lord, for many of us this morning, as Jesus is coming and knocking on the door of our hearts, may we take this message this morning, this challenge to us about drawing near and take it into our 2020 and even tomorrow start to reprioritize our days and our weeks so that we can go further with you, deeper with you. Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross. Your body was broken so that ours could be healed. Let's eat together this morning. Amen. Jesus, your blood was, was shed so that we could have remission of sins, that we could be forgiven of our sins. Thank you so much this morning, Lord. Let's drink together. Hey. <coughs> Excuse me, a bit of wafer. Amen.